Hi there, Susan. How are you? Welcome I am very the, the well, Sur David. Happy Friday to you. And a happy Friday to you. I don't know if this will actually go out on Friday, but people can feel the Friday love when they... Uh, feel the Friday vibes. Feel the Friday vibes <laughs> and that stuff. So, the welcome. We've got Susan Madison from Discover Financial Services with us today. Um, just to kind of quick intro, GCS, as I always say, is a technology recruitment specialist. Um, we've got offices in Europe and the US and cover kind of global technology. Um, we have a, a part of our business called Connect, which is all about connecting expert talent to innovative companies. We actually work with Discover and with Susan. So she knows the expert talent we can provide and we know the innovative company that Discover is. So that's uh, very exciting. Um, and the Leader Series is a, a series of recorded conversations that we do on kind of YouTube and podcasts, really talking to leaders within business and technology, about their thoughts, one about the kind of current situation, two about how we're going to kind of get out of the current current situation, um, but also really it's um, it's about kind of understanding leadership and understanding people that kind of you know drive forward those that business and those technologies. So Susan is um, within the uh, works as a senior manager within Discover. Uh, Discover, for those that don't know, maybe watching in the UK, is a uh, one of the major credit card companies and digital payments companies. Um, she works in the AppsDev area, um, and we're going to find out more about the solutions that she's developed. Um, 20 years in the IT industry, um, so uh, lots, of, lots of experience. Um, and um, Adventures, uh, I call them, David. Yeah, adventures, adventures yeah, in IT. Right. Challenges, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they're really, really excited to speak to her. She has spoken on a few of our panels before, so it's, it's great to kind of get her involved in and get to talking on the leader series side. So Susan, obviously I've introduced yourself, but do you want to just kind of give a quick introduction to yourself, what you're about, where, where you maybe work, what sort of kind of technology areas for the techies watching? Uh, and then we can kind of, you know, really kind of get into more depth about the, the sort of kind of business decisions and technology decisions you're making. Cool, sure. So I'm Susan Madison, as David said, I've been in the IT industry for 20 years. Uh, started off as a Java dev, um, did that for um, a good few years, but then decided I was better at managing people and projects and went up the leader yeah. route. So I've been doing that for yeah. the past uh, decade, always in software development and delivery. Um, at Discover, it's particularly exciting because they are very much um, into the cloud, into AWS, um, and moving from batch file processing to more event-based, like real-time streaming of data. So it's sure. a very exciting modern technology stack. Uh, so yes. lots of techies are uh, keen to work with us. Um, but yeah, I have a team of 100 plus cross-functional team of DevOps, Dev, QA, uh, delivery managers, scrum masters, et cetera, et cetera. So it's uh, never a dull moment. No, but is that a global team then or is it, is it all based in the UK? Or It's, um, it's interesting actually. So Discover mainly uh, US based, but they took the decision a few years ago to near shore to the UK because they can get yeah. similar top engineering talent for a little bit less money. Um, yeah. But no, I do, it's not just the UK. I have a team in the US um, recently uh, put some offshore to India to save a few okay. pennies yeah. um, and also have a couple of teams in Poland as well. So it is, you know, uh, not widely spread team, but yeah, there's multiple teams, multiple regions. So in the past, you'd have been traveling around and visiting different offices and spending a lot of time commuting and that sort of stuff. And 
Yeah. In your house. <laughs> yeah, no, last, I think uh, my last business trip, um, Discoverer headquarters in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so I managed to get over in February just before lockdown and got to experience mm -hmm. minus 10. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it does get, I have actually been to the Discover offices in Chicago. It does get very, very cold, doesn't it? You know, they call it the Windy <laughs> City. Does. You can't really imagine. It's just basically this. <laughs> insanely cold wind just blowing at you really really hard isn't it? <laughs> stay and it's snowy and all that sort of stuff it's a nice stay inside it's a nice place though chicago people don't really talk about chicago do they in a kind of like america thing people don't really think about it do they it's not really well known but when you go there it's it's a really nice place isn't it yeah, no, I really, really love it. I've only been um, a couple of times, but I like it as a city and I'm not really a city girl. I like the, the trees and the suburbs. Um, but yeah, yeah Chicago is great. Lots of dogs, yeah. lots of yummy food and yeah, not as busy yeah. as, say, like New York. Would no, be. Yeah, I do, do like Chicago. Kind of like clean. I mean, I spent quite a lot of time in New York. So we've got an office there, but it's like a clean, organized New York, isn't it? You know, yes, like, that uh, is exactly <laughs> it. Very well described. And a very, big, a very big place as well. Obviously, it's like the second or third city, isn't it? Really, just that, is that, no, yeah, they yeah, never yeah. really talk about it very much. So that no, is, it's, it's interesting. And obviously, Discover is a very big presence out there, and um, really mm. a company to work with. So, so from, from yourself, obviously, twenty years in the kind of the IT industry. Um, yeah. The way we usually start this conversation is obviously we're going through a, you know, a real significant business challenge at the moment. It'd be interesting to see how it's mm -hmm. kind of affecting Discover, but. You know, you've worked in a number of other companies, kind of Virgin Media, et cetera, in the past. Um, what, what sort of, what are the main kind of significant business challenges that you've had to deal with as a, as a leader in the past? Oh, going straight in with the difficult ones, David. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so obviously when you're a leader, um, I've learned over the years that, you know, you're, you, it's people and money. Those are your main focuses. Okay. So I think a lot of the business challenges are to do with people and money yeah. um people as you know humans they're very uh, varied and challenging at times yeah. but i think in terms of um people challenges it's mm. and with the business ones it's knowing when to continue or stop investing your time and money okay. in people yeah. teams projects or even businesses yeah um you know i've had a couple of small uh, startup businesses were like 10, 10 or less uh, full-time employees, contractors. And, you know, you do have to bite the bullet sometimes and say, oh, this project's not working or even this whole business isn't working and stuff, you know, right, okay. calling time on it. Yeah. Um, and same, same with people. You know, I'm a massive fan of coaching, mentoring and developing people, but, mm -hmm. you know, time is money. <laughs> and um, yeah. sometimes you have to realize that maybe getting another resource in rather than continuing with one. So this is where hiring and recruiting is uh, very important. No, exactly. And, that, and, and sometimes that's just you know, due to the kind of culture or where the project is, I guess, or the business is mm -hmm. not necessarily a reflection on the person itself, as it's more a reflection on what, what skills you need now. Yeah, that's very true. A lot of people make it mean that they're terrible, they'll never be successful or they failed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes an example I can give, I had a digital pen and paper business. This was like in the mid 2000s right, okay, um, yeah. and really interesting technology. So real paper, like write with a real pen, translates right, it into yeah. digital. Um, but we always kind of knew it was a stopgap and tablets were coming up. So it's when, when do you make that decision? And <laughs> so, you know, it was successful, it kind of paid for everyone for a good few years, articles in the FT, but it's, you know, it was never going to last. 
So yeah. uh, that's interesting. So when Steve Jobs stood up on that Apple thing and said, <laughs> "Right, here's the iPhone," everyone was like, "Oh." <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> there goes my business <laughs> and what, so why i mean that's that's quite an interesting kind of challenge obviously business you know um what what, what did you do at that point then what, what was the what was the kind of reaction there because obviously you've built a good product you said it's been successful and then someone came along it's like i had a candle and now someone's invented the light bulb what 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 happened that day day two as it were well, you know, you do just literally have to take stock and going, yes, we could be profitable. You got, you get, take it down to the numbers, a lot of business, yeah. uh, as much as I'm a very emotional, intuitive, that kind of thing, mm. business is based on numbers. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, data driven decisions and it is the, okay, we can keep going with this many clients, but we can already see the existing clients are starting to vote for tablets instead of yeah, yeah. the traditional pen and paper. Yeah. Uh, solution so you should make a decision based on the numbers and not make it mean too much about you as you're saying you as a person or your mm. abilities as a leader um and you yeah, just wrap it up as well as well as possible and take the learnings and move on did you if you knew tablets were coming um did you just did you just feel the kind of the, the firepower as it were of, of someone like apple or, or or whatever microsoft or whatever just you couldn't kind of match up. You knew it was coming, so you might as well kind of make it. But they would ha they would be able to develop a better product or something. Well, no, it was more just the the human aspect. You could see with the kids that it was all going digital, and they're like everyone's glued to their phones and their screens. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you can you know use the you know the the, the pen tips and actually write on the tablet in a screen. Mm. So it was more you know just really coming to terms as much as I love pen and paper and love yeah. the physical act of writing um just seeing that you know technology was going to be the winner overall you know yeah. the nhs they all use the, the tablets now touch screens etc etc yeah. even when you're checking in at the gp um because you know pen paper is you know can burn you can lose it so it's just kind of really coming to terms with that okay yeah it could could be hard push there's always going to be those niche people that you know love pen and paper but you know the reality is is we're, the world is digital Strange thing about me is um, strange thing about me is that uh, for about um, five years of my life, yeah. when I finished university, actually for about ten years, I used mm. to rip off corners of pieces of paper and roll them up oh, yeah. and then eat them. It was a very strange thing, and then I had to be hypnotised to stop doing it. Um, it was like a crazy, um, and I went to this hypnotist, and you know, people always ask about hypnotism and stuff, and they, they actually hypnotised me, and then I. Just, Stop doing it straight away. So it's yeah, a very that's a strange good thing to habit. Move away from the paper, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think they said it was like kind of an unconscious kind of habit that you developed over these years. So yeah, it's strange, but yeah. But but you know, for, and for me that was obviously a big change. But uh, yeah, but it helped not having pieces of paper around everywhere to to, to eat and that sort of stuff. Oh, exactly. And it's funny you mentioned that. I am. Um, I did a stint. One of my side gigs was um, life coach. And I'm actually uh, a master practitioner of hypnosis and your linguistic programming. So I can also oh, yeah. rid you of your fears and weirdness <laughs> if it's you a, want it's to. Amazing. And do you find, I mean, because I, I was I was astonished for myself, and obviously conversation takes a little I was astonished myself that it actually worked, like it properly yes. worked. So yeah. obviously there's a real power in it, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and and do you use that? 
I mean, obviously, you don't really tell your like you've got people you manage, right? But they're geez, all hypnotized you, and under <laughs> my spell. <laughs> they will do what you want them to do. But do you find <laughs> that that is a useful thing? You know, do you would you say as a leader to to understand that sort of kind of NLP side of things, Nick? Kind of how you use your voice to get to get reactions. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think um, I always say the level of your success will never exceed your level of personal development. Yeah. And I found NLP to be a weird and wonderful thing. It's like really weird how this stuff works, but it definitely works and faster mm. than hypnosis. Um, and I find, yeah, every day, you know, as a leader, one of your things is communication, influence, woo. Mm. And the more you actually understand how you work, your own self-awareness, but then how humans work and how yeah. people's brains work and that's been really useful during covid because everyone is very different and everyone reacts very differently mm. and one of the um in nlp in the nlp world the meaning of communication is the response you get and so for me if my team is not functioning someone is not performing the mm. project's not delivering mm. there's got to be something i am doing or not doing to make yeah. that happen so it's yeah. really just having that heightened level of um, self-awareness, but then being able to read other people and flex your leadership communication styles mm. to get them to understand what they need to do and help them become their best. So I definitely think yeah. having things like NLP in your toolbox or just, you know, a deeper understanding of how humans and brains works really helps you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing you can learn and kind of do videos on and, courses on and ties yourself to, to not <laughs> yeah. uh, chew bits of paper um, they'll be so, very distracting in interviews david if you're doing that right now that's right yeah it would be <laughs> terrible so yeah <laughs> we've got it all up on the screen <laughs> behind me so so for yourself obviously as as i know like discover is pretty much kind of entirely kind of working from from home now and that's yes. been such for five months and i think it's going to be like with many major companies it's going to be like that for a, a good period of time so how have, you, how have you felt that yourself? Has that been a kind of positive thing or a negative thing for you? What, what, how was your own personal kind of reaction? Well, you? much to a popular belief, mm. I am not extroverted. I'm actually very, very introverted. Mm. Uh, and as much as I do the people thing, I do like people. Um, yeah. I'm quite happy uh, being yeah. at home. Um, it is a bit, you have to learn how to manage your energy because you are you know literally in the same space there's something about the mental challenge of being within the same four walls so you need to do something to break that up a bit but yes. the positive for me is uh many people know i'm a crazy dog lady and i have a giant dog i've a great dane great so i get dane. to spend all day with him yeah. <laughs> great, yeah. he might pop in at some point during this interview well, i'm you quite never excited know. to bring him in at the end uh, this is awesome <laughs> i mean he's you told me I'm, I'm six foot four you told me standing up he's six foot four as well so yes impressive. yes he is <laughs> very <laughs> impressive but you yeah, know i found um yeah being at home has is actually okay for me i haven't missed being in the office too much because i'm still interacting with everyone every day and you know back-to-back yeah. -back webexes zooms etc mm. um but for me it's been really lovely to be at home i'm strangely actually having a lunch hour at least half an hour which in the you office know. that didn't used to happen for whatever reason so i get to um, eat healthy get to make my smoothies in the morning get to have a healthy lunch break stand out in the garden I walk the yeah. dog morning and night so it's it's interesting and you know, myself and others seem to be 
the same productivity or more nine to six. I think that's I think that's key, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's that was what we're seeing and what what the leaders and stuff are saying is that if you can kind of run run your projects and run your teams right, um, yeah, that you can get the same level of productivity with probably a kind of let's say a happier workforce. Um, yes, I think it's yes. really important, you know, to 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 identify those those kind of key areas as a leader where maybe people aren't performing or how do I set it up right you know um, because if you don't then that it can really kind of fall away very very quickly and if, if people are struggling they can also get lost because you can't see them yeah and that's that's yes. hard and and obviously you've, you, you're a very successful kind of leader within the IT world and you've worked for mm. some big companies so yeah. and, and and it seems from talking to you that you think about it quite a lot you know you you actually yes like you've got a kind of strategies about how how you do this rather than kind of doing it off the cut so yeah. have you thought much about you know kind of the, the future now and, and your your strategy kind of as a leader for the for the future how, how you might change the way you interact and work with people i mean let's say for yeah. instance like this starts with another six months or 12 months so it's like you've developed a whole project like this how will you do it differently or will you do yeah. it differently well, I love how you mentioned strategy because I said, you know, earlier on that, you know, being a leader is all about people and money, but strategy is, is the other pillar yeah. in there. And there is, you know, it might seem that when you're approaching things, uh, it's very random, but there is always a method uh, mm. to the madness. Um, and as soon as COVID hit and we started working from home, um, obviously I'm, I was brought into Discover to be people manager because that is my, yeah. my strength, uh, my prowess. And I made sure myself um, and managers reporting into me um, and other leaders, you know, the scrum masters and tech yep. leads. Um, I made sure that they knew because it's one thing as a leader, you can never assume that people just know stuff. That's a very dangerous thing to do. I made sure that they knew to make extra effort to talk to people, to make sure they're in daily contact with people and particularly people who are perhaps single or living in a room or on yeah. their own. Mm. Um, and just to really like pay attention more to people's, you know, how are they, um, try and get people to turn on cameras. You can't make, make people turn on cameras, but at least in one-to-ones, try and get people to, you know, see you and for you to see them so you can check yeah. on them physically because mm. you can read people's emotions better when you can physically see them. Yeah, um, but just to really, really pay attention more uh, and put a bit more effort into the, the listening and the people side of things. Mm. Um, and particularly, uh, we've had a few new starters as well. I've had six during lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And even yeah. more so then, that's been the weirdest experience. Yeah, like I'm yeah. going to, I'm actually gonna go to the office on Tuesday and I'm gonna meet one of my new starters who I haven't, you know, I've been talking to him for a good couple of months now and I've never physically met him. Yeah, it's nice So particularly the new whole, starters, um, make sure everyone's board. talking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And for such a for such a big company, when you're you're and you're joining big teams, yeah. I, I guess it can be quite kind of frightening. It's like kind of first day at work, but you can't like make yourself known because usually after the first <laughs> week or two, you've been for a few coffees, had a few beers, yep, yep. you know, you, yeah, you've yeah. you've had lunch, you've been in a few project meetings, and then you're kind of I'm kind of in the game now. But you can't do that, can you? With with your first day, yeah, or yeah. you know, it's it's different, I suppose. So. 
Mm. And also I love that um, Discover did is mm. for all the leadership, and this is, you know, the, the CIO, CEOs, et cetera, to be visible yeah. and to be communicating even more, sending out, you know, weekly emails. And yeah. these communications, emails, videos, ask me anything sessions, there is definitely more of a human element to it. You know, like yeah. genuinely caring about, you know, people's situations, the kids being at home, or kids yeah. going back to school. Um, but there's definitely been more a softer touch to the, the communications and more of the leaders in Discover being visible and actually showing up and, you know, letting people know they're listening and actually understanding their situation. Yeah. I mean, it's easier, isn't it? You know, it's easier if you haven't got to be traveling around. Right. You spend half the time traveling in a plane or something like that. I'm assuming if you're yeah. the proper global C-suite of, of kind of Discover, then you're basically in a plane 75% of your time, aren't you? You know, you're traveling all the time. So not having to do that frees up a huge amount of time for you to deal with people and, and deal with people everywhere and anywhere and people at, a, a, you know, a large amount of time. I mean, at GCS, we do these kind of monthly awards. So mm -hmm. we've done it virtually for the last five months and we celebrate different performances and, you know, oh, and cool. everyone everywhere for the whole company, including the kind of the, the guys in the offshore services and that sort of thing and it it seems to work really well um mm -hmm. it's uh it's it's what we always did before but it's just easier to organize and easier to kind of get people together isn't it and that sort of thing so and obviously now we're kind of moving on to kind of tech side so obviously you work within the devops area work obviously background mm -hmm. applications development um yeah. we know that obviously discovery is a very big and um you know, innovative kind of agile site as well. So obviously it's kind mm -hmm. of set to work in this sort of kind of collaborative, you know, remote kind of, you know, way. Um, what, what, what advice would you give to a kind of other leaders that are, are looking at their kind of development process and how they're going to kind of develop using kind of DevOps and different kind of, you know, projects? What, what, what are you, do you think the key things are on the technology side for, for managers who are starting okay. development projects now? Yeah, well, I think um, firstly, from a pure business uh, standpoint, I'd make that decision going, right, am I going to do this in-house or not? Because it's a big investment. If you're going to mm -hmm. do it properly, you need to invest in your people, uh, process yeah. systems, etc. So I think that would my, be my first call out is actually make that big decision. Oh, here he is. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> there is the... <laughs> yeah. Start that one again. Yeah. Um, so, so the first thing I, I would say is... Um, to you know as a business are you going to develop this in-house that's a big yeah. decision to make because it's it's a big investment if you're going to do it properly mm. you need to have good people and you need to give them the time space money to actually make it happen so that'd be my first call out but you know if you've already made that decision and you're going to yeah. build the tech in-house even if you've got you know some kind of vendor in-house split mm. um i'd really go back to the basics and understand where you are actually at in terms of maturity. So mm. in terms of basic software development, good practices, best practices, and say when you start to go down the DevOps automation route, you have to really understand where you are. Like, and it's, it's really simple things. It sounds scary as a, a techie person, but is everyone checking in their code every day or week? Yeah. Leaving yeah. it for months. Like and I've been in some companies where they don't even have a source control system. <laughs> Praying that no one, no one does that now. But it's yeah. that level of really take stock of where you are right now, mm. and then pick what level of automation 
uh, you're going to aim for. So at the moment, what I'm doing uh, for my area for EPP, the enterprise payments platform that we're developing, is you know what does extreme automation actually mean for everyone? And that's in terms of automating the infrastructure, automating the code, and automating the testing. Because yeah. then at least you know you have is your baseline of where you are. RPA and things like that. You know, is that is that what we're talking about here? Kind of. You know, well, that's next level stuff. I'm not even right. aiming for RPA at the oh, moment okay. or robotics process automation. Yeah. Um, so it's really understand your baseline and where you want to go. And sure. if RPA is one of the things you want to do then go yeah. for it. But I think it's really framing where you want to go, the, framing the problem where you're at, framing where you want to go, and then you can see the gaps and then start bedding that into your goals and objectives of the year. Um, yeah. But I would definitely say, whether you're a small business, big enterprise, the more automation you can do, mm. obviously is gonna uh, make, be more cost effective. Uh, yeah, from both yeah. a monetary perspective, but then from a people man hour perspective. Yeah. So really understand if you don't have people who are advocates of automation, or if you don't have anyone in your business that are advocates and experts and have the industry experience of automation, I would go and start learning about that. And it's not just the, the robotics, because that's a bit next level uh, to automate your business processes, but you know, from the code and deplo development deployment perspective. Yeah, and with regards to kind of automation, I mean, this kind of links, leads me on to my obviously GCS recruitment side of things. How, how do you think that changes the types of people that you look? How, how do you think that kind of recruitment within development and DevOps and stuff may change kind of going forward if that becomes a more um, prevalent kind of way of working? Yeah, so I should talk on this because it's something I'm very passionate about mm. so you know we're in what they're calling this fourth industrial revolution yep. where we've got the next wave of technologies whether it's um ai machine learning yeah. robotics IoT, crypto yeah. blockchain iot all of that kind of sexy new mm. stuff and it's the fusion of those technologies that are going to change the way we live work and interact with each other over the next decade just how yeah. the internet changed everything over the last 20 years yeah. and one of the things people find very scary is going oh my gosh the robots are going to take my jobs and going to be fired mm. which you know some cases that might be true but mm. and this is why i'm super passionate about leadership david because in every industrial revolution it's been the leaders who not only lead it but they thrive in it yeah and yeah. even as a developer so i div um discover really investing in top engineering talent and developing leaders within the organization because even as a leader, one of the things that, you know, robots, um, AI is never going to mimic is the human brain and the creativity yeah. and the imagination that the brain does. Like, industrial revolution. Not, not yet. It's going to take, <laughs> trust me, it's going to take a while to really, really nail that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the benefit we have as humans with our big, beautiful brains. And yeah. the more you really understand that and have the self-confidence to know you're not going to be taken over by a robot and that you really think like a leader going okay right they're going to automate this part of my job or well, what can i do better where is my mm. true value and it will be in mm. coming up with okay how do i build this thing or how do i solve this business problem how do yeah. i innovate one of the things that we we've talked about with yourself on a previous um webinar we connect mm -hmm. on the diversity side is is obviously you're a, a female leader uh, within yeah. the uh, within the IT world, and I we we had another lady we spoke to earlier in the week, Denise. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think you know the the, the message that 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 I got from her is that obviously compared to twenty years ago, things are much better in terms of oh yeah uh, definitely. <laughs> um, and obviously, there are people like yourself who are kind of role models, as it were, and and, and aspirational mm-hmm. figures now. Um, yeah. What my first question is. Um, what more do you think has to change in order to, we, we know that the IT technical world, technology world itself is, yeah. is very male dominated, right? Particularly mm-hmm. in the Western world. What, what do you think still needs to change in order to, to tip that balance? Yeah. Or do you think so, no, this... it's just the way it is? <laughs> no, this is a, a multi-layered problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've really been looking into it in the last couple of years. I ran a women yeah. in tech community outside of um, Discover and so really dive deep into this mm. um, because I saw that, you know, yes, it's changed over the last 20 years, but then when you started going into blockchain cryptocurrency, which I was getting into a couple of years ago, mm. gone back 20 years, I was literally the only woman in the room again. I was like, yeah. what's going on yeah. here? Um, yeah. And it's very interesting because still in the very technical areas. So if you're looking for a really amazing lead developer or if you're looking for managers, directors, Mm. it's still a bit lightweight on the female representation. And I genuinely believe, and I tend to go on a rant if I'm on a stage or on these webinars, because we keep trying to fix it in the businesses. And this problem goes way back into Mm. the homes and into the parents and the grandparents and the schools. Because if you have those conscious or unconscious biases that you know girls can't code or um, black people can't run companies they can't be directors or you know the lgbt community aren't able to think for themselves whatever whatever it is because these biases do exist unless you really nip them in the bud in the bud from a very young age and get you know re-educate the parents and the grandparents that actually you know girls can play rugby or, you yeah. know, you can pretty much do be whoever you want if you have the right skills and training. You're always going to start to find this this divide, this divide um, where at some point someone will make a decision that, oh, techie subjects aren't for girls. Not for me. Or, yeah. yeah. So it's, for me, it goes way back. And I always say whenever I'm on stage speaking about this, it's mm. you in the audience. It's you who's listening. That yeah. you have yeah. influence over your kids, nieces, nephews on what they can work in and who they can be in the future. So that's what my advice is that you yourself need to become aware of what your Mm. biases are and what you really think going, okay, so you generally think your daughter can't be a data scientist or, you know, your boy can never run his own company. Mm. When you start planting those thoughts in your kids' heads, then you'd be surprised what manifests a few uh, decades later. So for me, that's it's call out to everyone watching this and the parents mm. or people who have, you know, kids like actually talk about how much you love your job and how, you know, anyone can do it if you have the right skill set mindset to learn things. That's where yeah, I, think, I think the problem needs to yeah, really be focused. I think it's really, really interesting because we have, I have this kind of conversation a lot and I understand yes. it kind of comes from education. It comes from mm-hmm. the way you, and the interesting thing for me is I've got three daughters. So I mean, to me, having three daughters really helps you to understand like, the kind of female 
side <laughs> um, yeah. because you've seen them grow, right? And you care about them Ooh. deeply, but you've seen them kind of grow from, from day one. And I, I don't know for myself, like um, one's 16, one's 11, one's eight, right? So I can't, mm -hmm. I can't, I don't know how it will kind of turn out, but I see for my 16 year old, I run mm -hmm. an IT recruitment business, right? So therefore mm -hmm. I should be very, very much kind of, as far well, as, well as I can see, IT is the future and you should kind of get into this career. Oh, definitely. I've said it yeah. on a number, of, a number of occasions, but mm -hmm. I do think within schools, yeah. if you think about how like, the psychology of, you know, what, what girls are shown or maybe even mm -hmm. what kind of girls quite kind of like and what they, they you know, yeah. I, I don't know how that works. Like playing with dolls, watching the certain type <laughs> of TV, that sort of thing, as opposed to this type of TV. I've seen it happen mm -hmm. and I don't know whether I drive it. I don't think I do. I think I've been very like, come watch football with me, come and do this, like be act, mm -hmm. like different types of things. Maybe it's all about kind of gender based, but it's turned out that my daughter is doing English literature sociology and psychology yeah. in her a-levels right which are mm -hmm. great subjects um but when we went to do the computer studies like gcse yeah. when we went there yeah it was all boys surrounding there the, the mm -hmm. man who was who was introducing the subject and i went yes. there and i heard it and even to me it wasn't interesting you know <laughs> I, I i just and i could see she was i'm not going to do that dad and I was like, yeah. well, yeah, I can kind of see it. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it, but I, you know, do you know, I kind of, I think that I may have talked a bit too much from my own point of view here, but I think it's, um, it's very difficult to control, even as a parent, yeah. even as someone that's probably yeah. trying to, to drive that decision, you know? Yeah. No, to get her to watch this, this podcast, yeah. <laughs> this right. video. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. this is what I'm super passionate about doing this because mm. it's, it's just the way, your brain works you can't be what you can't see and if you don't see females mm. up on the stage or people you know over at the pub and overhearing a bunch of women going oh great i built this great software project or i did this or you know it's really fun being mm. in it if you don't hear or see people saying that it you can hear it's like well i can't be that it's not, it sounds yeah. really yeah. silly yeah. but you know for the majority of people you know they want to be able to see that someone like yeah. them is doing that and they can be successful in that um yeah. and yeah it is it's yeah it's it's very challenging because you know at schools it's you know if you don't like the teacher or if you know female or male or if you're surrounded by boys like i i have older brothers so i was quite happy um yeah, being yeah, around yeah. boys so sure, that's yeah. that's how yeah. it worked out for me um but i i completely get that you know if you go into uni or your a levels and like it's literally just all guys it can be quite you know disconcerting and uncomfortable to think oh god i'm gonna spend like the next two three years of my life with those yeah, people gonna, and then yeah, yeah. sure i'm gonna fit in or if they're gonna like me and all that kind of stuff but all i have to say to that is you can learn anything at any age but yeah it, this problem is a very multi-layered problem and it's a difficult one to attack but i just encourage everyone to actually talk about it because and it's things like you know those apps on your phone tiktok whatever someone designed that stuff yeah and it's all and creative isn't it email. You know, that, and i think that goes back to what you're saying about automation in the fact that mm -hmm. obviously maybe in the past it was quite scientific and and, then, yes. and maybe in the future it will be more creative because the the actual scientific technology process is automated whereas the actual 
invention and design is more creative and, and maybe again that might that might change the, the dynamic somewhat i don't know if you would agree with that yeah no that's another thing i bang the drum about is you don't need to be a full-on geek to to be in it like mm. it literally takes an army to deliver software and you mm. have the project managers you have the salespeople, the marketing people the creative the ui ux people you yeah. have the recruiters the hr people mm. you there's there's so many different people that you need to run a business and design a product and build a product and deliver a product and get it out to market and support it and when you actually look at the the job titles and the the specs i'm i swear it's about 20 30 percent are properly technical like as yeah, yeah. in the coders the builders yeah. everyone else is mildly technical because it is useful to know about you know how it actually gets done but then there's some people who are really not technical and it's their job and their passion to come up with you know how are we going to innovate in payment services how do people actually want to pay with stuff mm. now and come yeah, exactly. up and just draw it they don't need to build the thing that they go here you go no, this is my idea it. make it happen yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i think it's very interesting i think all of these changes will drive um, hopefully positive kind of outcomes in, yes. in the future. And that's what we, we obviously can try and kind of help along as, as leaders and, and as, uh, for my, as parents as well. So, yeah, <laughs> um, but that's great. So, so Susan, it's been great speaking to you today. Thank you very much for your time. Um, the, the, I think we'll keep the dog in. I think it was great to see him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, His but, name um, is Victor. He's yeah, very uh, friendly. Good to see you. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, no, really, really enjoyed the conversation, David, and thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for your time and uh, have a great day. Cheers.